0: Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we let the fox guard the henhouse of the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me is the real bloodsucker, my brother, Thomas Johnston. How are you, Thomas?
1: In, in fairness, I did not go to go to law school.
0: I know. It would have worked better if you, in fact, became a lawyer as opposed to a doctor.
1: Or a hematologist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, is everyone in your life now like, how are you?
1: That, that is, yes. Also, um, I have become a nexus of masks and gloves, which is great. It's it's really great. And also people wanting to very earnestly speak to me about cloth masks.
0: Oh, and ask you what, what you think? Do you tell yeah. them basically they're trash? <laughs> no. no <laughs> Do you I just spread misinformation?
1: <laughs> um and and half of them are like people who want to give me masks or they want to know about masks for themselves or they want to know. So it's good, though. I mean, in in these troubled times. No, but it, it is cool that uh, even if um, nobody with any power seems to be able to remove their heads from their ass, that the, the,
0: the good American people, people, your friends
1: and neighbors um, are are, are, are trying, trying their best to help out and do the right thing.
0: Yeah, for real. Um I feel that way about all of the little local businesses that like did the right thing days, you know, weeks before they were supposed like even had to, right? Who, like sure. Tried to try to try to batten down the hatches. I feel that for sure. I made myself a cloth mask which mm-hmm. yesterday, when I went out into my yard to enjoy a little bit of hammock time, I was wearing, and then I felt like a real weirdo, and my face got really hot. When I was wearing my mask <laughs> and swinging in my hammock, so I was like, eh, probably no one's gonna cough into my hammock, so I took my mask off.
1: <laughs> is your mask uh, is your mask patterned? Are you gonna like dox yourself? You'd be like, mine has little bananas and grapes on it
0: it it is patterned but it's more abstract it's sort of like a um like it's sort of a hexagon pattern that has like another Mm -hmm. patterns in each hexagon shape it's green Mm -hmm. It like my inner bone structure is in fact green (laughs) it is green. deep deep cut spinal tap I do like, I feel like now, I feel like I was an early person to be like, we're not, like, I felt like I was like, it's gonna be months by the time people, when at the same time people were like, a couple weeks. Like, I felt like that was, I felt, that was something I definitely experienced. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, well, you know, when we can, when we can exit our homes again. And those same people who are like, maybe it'll be weeks will be like, I mean, if we're ever able to, and I'm like, how did we switch places so fast? <laughs> what do you mean?
1: I like the if we're ever able to and you're
0: <laughs> and you're like, I mean, if that's the case, like I guess we all are just gonna die question right art? like
1: i mean yeah the this pandemic has the feeling of like a like the way we engage with it is like a like magical thinking or kind of like a um let me explain like a or uh like a Philip K. Dick book or something, because we're not in a situation where, you know, the last hundred humans are hiding in a bunker underneath, you know, underneath a mountain somewhere because because of the the virus. Right. We all just living in our homes and everything is basically fine as long as you like don't go outside and interact with people, because if you do that, your grandma might die. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's that sort of weird like, no, everything is eerie and normal. You know, or, you know, we we know, we understand. And and again, it's you and I live in uh, uh, charitably the Midwest, so we're not facing the ravages of New York. But just even that, you know, the thing to do is to just stay inside and try to be kind of normal and don't 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 go too nuts um, while we wait.
0: It's kind of like, uh, yeah, no, for sure. It's it's weird. People don't know. We don't know what to do. We are only used to preparing for. The emergencies that we do experience, which are largely weather-based, re-you can't buy bread, you can't buy toilet right, paper. Right, right, right.
1: And that's, yeah, that's why there's no toilet paper to be here. Right. Yep, yep. It's just so, like, just buy some stuff and stockpile.
0: right. And then the other one is we have, like, a fear of, like, our precious things getting taken away from us. So early on you had people who are like, well, am I even going to be safe in my home? Do I need to, like, retreat to my family's, like, cabin? Like, that kind of oh, thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, which both both those things I think just really, like, show you how – I mean, the first one is at least a little bit practical because it's it's just, like, I understand people do in the United States prepare for hurricanes far more often than they prepare for other kinds of emergencies. I understand Once in a
1: century. viral pandemics yes
0: yeah i totally get that but at the same time both of those things are totally driven by like feed each other in a really insidious loop so first you're like well i'm gonna get all the toilet paper because like what if all the toilet paper has disappeared forever and i i need to be king of the toilet paper and then you're like well now that i'm king of the toilet paper will my neighbor slit my throat for toilet paper and you're like well if he didn't buy it all maybe no (laughs) i don't know
1: it's a, it's a weird escalation. If you're king of the handguns, everyone's toilet paper can be your toilet paper.
0: There you go. Uh, but I'm just saying, I think it's like just more symptoms yeah, yeah, of, sure. of of broken capitalism where you're like, I must get all the things. But now I'm desperately afraid that a poor mm-hmm. will try to take the things from me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and man, um, Mary, Mary, think, think how lucky you are. You've just got a little window into what it's like to be a rich person. Oh, man. And um, I'm not talking like 1%. I'm talking like one percent of the one percent of the one percent
0: i don't think that they're sweating it though they they have already they already coolly know that the the poor people will never get anything because they've seen to it in every possible way um yeah
1: Class warfare here on Crypt Creepers. Ladies and gentlemen.
0: Grкую, now if we were really doing something like beautiful and inspirational in this trying time, we would have like somehow segued into Ave Maria or something like... Obviously, I think equally-
1: we should do the like... Do you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe you can work on that. I think that would be good. Yeah. Who is in this episode of Tales from the Crypt? Called the selected vampire.
1: (laughs) Called the (laughs) The most natural way of speaking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very normal. Mary,
1: did you know that this episode, no, this episode was directed by a chap named Elliot Silverstein. Um, who uh, I guess kind of – he directed three kind of notable movies. Uh, Cat Baloo, which was the Jane Fonda Lee Marvin vehicle that's about a school – I think she's a school marm who has to become a bank robber, and it's funny, and it's like Jane Fonda, like, at the peak of her powers. Um, He also did A Man Called Horse, starring Richard Harris, which is the sensitive tale of a British aristocrat who becomes lost in the Wild West and is raised – By the Native Americans to be their king, given his, uh, you know, greater breeding and racial sensitivity. Um, And then he also did a movie called The Car, which is about a black, a black phantom car that's murdering people in a desert town. Um, This is also the first of four TFTC episodes that he will direct or has directed. The tense is weird. Um, He also did four episodes of The Twilight Zone. Um, uh, I, I try to look back. I'm not a I'm not a huge Twilight Zone head, so I don't really know, but it would seem the most notable one, and you'd, you'd like this one, is called The Obsolete Man, which is about a man who is a librarian who is sentenced to death by a despotic, totalitarian future that decides that religion and abstract thought are unnecessary, and so curating that knowledge is obsolete. And he... Att- he Somehow, I didn't delve into spoilers. Turns the tables on them using his, you know, knowledge of the Dewey Decimal System or something.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I would like that. The, I I know that episode. That's the Librarian episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, the obsolete man. Yeah, it seems that seemed yeah. so. Where they blow, anyway.
0: we blow up evil computers with uh with uh oh, Library of Congress. Oh.
1: No. Is that how it works? Is it what is that is no. it like the um the episode of The Prisoner where he's like where he asks the general computer W H Y question mark.
0: Question mark. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh no, oh. I'm just well, saying, the... I'm just saying when, you know, all of these things contribute to what we think of in times of emergency. And you may one day have to ask uh, the Rona why, and you'll be glad. That you saw that when it explodes. When I
1: when I face off against the personification of of COVID nineteen. Yes. Yeah, I'll ask it a little. I'll ask it like a cool Zen paradox, and it will have to kill itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this one was written by Terry Black, who is a uh, uh, another um, TFTC veteran. Um, sort of a mixed record. Um, they have done "Dig That Cat," and then they did Corman's Calamity. Mm. Then they did this one, Mm. and they have two more coming up, and I couldn't really find out much about Terry Black. For example, I do not know what the gender of Terry Black is, but I will tell you that the two forthcoming episodes are not written under the Terry Black name. They are written under Donald Longtooth, which makes me think that Terry might might be a male person, Um, and also, right, means that presumably Terry... Felt like this was maybe the best episode they did, Um, and so chose to adopt the name of the protagonist.
0: So far, I probably agree with them. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. In terms of actual actors in this, we have Malcolm McDowell as Donald Longtooth, the reluctant vampire. This is, of course, Alex from Clockwork Orange. Malcolm McDowell was in Caligula. Have you heard of it? He was in Time After Time. He is the... Uh, <laughs>
0: Palm bad. Is... Fritz! I remember that yeah, scene yeah, yeah, yeah. so differently from the way that it is. <laughs> I remember him, like, dancing around a McDonald's and, like, throwing fries like a ticker ah! tape parade. And instead mm-hmm. he, like, sits down and he's like, oh, Pom Fritz. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Malcolm I feel like it's sort of like, especially in the like latter half of his career, is like everyone's favorite kind of like genre film, um, scenery-chewing bad guy. <laughs> um, he's the the bad scientist in Star Trek Generations.
0: He's kind of like a Christopher Walken if you want to be snooty. Like Chris,
1: Christopher Walken, but like more British. Yeah. I said that as if Christopher Walken is at all British.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's at all British. I also will say, I think I covered that with more snooty questionnaire. Yeah, right,
1: yeah. <laughs> Malcolm uh, Malcolm McDowell also remember remember he's the bad guy in Tank Girl. I do Johnston Child oh, favorite. I love Tank Girl. Yeah. It's really good. The uh what's the of, I can't remember the name of the bad company, it's like power and general power and electric or yeah, general, like whatever. But anyway, yeah, great. So movie. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is great here. Um he's I feel like he's kind of always great. Um anyway. So um
0: Cat cat people, you're forgetting cat people.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Dude, Malcolm McDowell is in like so many things. He's in all not all the things but a lot of the things a lot of the things um sandra dickinson is sally here she is as sandra
0: Ooh, dickinson
1: she is the mother-in-law to david tennant doctor who himself whoa one of the doctors um and um do you think she is...
0: david tennant is super annoying in real life because i do
1: <laughs> no i bet he's fine i bet he's a lovely man I do like. I mean, like he's not even he's not even the most annoying Doctor Who, like from that rough time period. I, that's a rough time period, which I think is
0: still going on, like currently.
1: Um, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right.
0: I don't know. I, I'm not a Doctor. I'm not. I'm not a a hoovian or whatever whatever you perverts call yourselves. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I do I do like some of David Tennant's stuff. I love him in Ducktales, um, and I and yeah. I did I did really enjoy the. Um, Amazon good omens. I thought that that was quite good.
1: Oh yeah. Oh man. Every every cosplayer's favorite favorite thing. I um, mean,
0: yeah, because it's like a sexy outfit. Like right. they do and they look good. I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah, he she also is the voice of Gram, Grandma Tracy in Thunderbirds Argo, the latest yeah. uh, outing of Thunderbirds, oh. and she was the model for Medusa's head in Clash of the Titans. That's cool. Boom. Boom!
0: That's cool. I wonder how that happened. Are you like right place, right time? Do they seek no, you no, out? No, no, no. You're just
1: you're just friend with somebody with uh, what's that guy's name? Ray Harryhausen.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah probably.
1: You, you, I just imagine he's like constantly futzing around with little stop motion skeleton models, which I feel like is the most. You know what I mean? Like, cause I feel like all the all the Sinbad movies, he fights skeleton. There's always skeletons to fight in those movies.
0: Yeah, they they must be fun to do.
1: Yeah, I, I can see how that works though. Mm-hmm. Um also like we understand the anatomy maybe so it can I, I don't know. Anyway, okay. George Went is Mr. Crosswhite. Um who? I don't think anybody knows who George Went is. Who? No, it's Norm. Normie. Norm. Did you know that George Went played Norm on seven different shows?
0: That's wild. Like so so like guest guest appearances. So like right, right. It, so, it counts right. also that he was on Frasier playing norm right.
1: of course yes 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 so i will tell you cheers saint elsewhere the mm-hmm. tortellis
0: i forgot that saint elsewhere exists in the same universe as cheers
1: right which means also that wait so cheers is in the in the mind of a is it like an autistic little boy inside a snow inside globe. a snow globe dark anyway um the tortellis which is of course the weird oh the weird cheers spin-off about um what's her name Rhonda's the 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 barmaids uh Oh. Like like weird sleazy husband. Oh, ex-husband. I didn't know that
0: that was a thing. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So, okay, uh, so that. Yeah. He also was in The Simpsons. He was in Wings, Frasier, and Family Guy.
0: Wait, he shows up as Norm in The Simpsons?
1: Yes. That's weird. Apparently. Huh. I don't know. I, not a Simpsons hit. Nerds. Perverts. Oh. People who like shows that I don't like are perverts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All you Doctor Who Simpson loving Perverts
1: he is one that of Simpsons three guy members d- is on
0: the flight logs i, w- I just want to say
1: oh really macaroni is in the flight logs
0: mm-hmm. or at least oh he gosh. was um he talks about he or maybe he went public with this i don't know if it was like discovered or like how but i assume it sure. must have been outed because why would you ever tell another human soul this story uh but he talks about being on one of epstein's jets and getting a foot massage from a oh, no, I do remember this. Girl. i remember hearing
1: about this it's probably, probably pretty normal i you don't when you fly, you don't have have uh, young teenagers to rub your rub your feet?
0: No, I just he have is, tiny children pummeling the back of my seat, giving me a shiatsu.
1: <laughs> 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 I am the one in charge of those tiny children, usually. I don't mind um, if
0: it's tiny children. I, I do mind if it's older people.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So he is one of three cast members of Cheers to appear in all 273 episodes. And he is also... Everyone, America's favorite funny man, Jason Sudeikis's uncle.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: they kind of have the same kind of weird, breezy energy, don't I they? I
0: just made that like, ma- like I like, I feel like I did like a uh, one of those like things where their faces become one, like a transparency <laughs> overlay, and I was like, yeah, yes, that checks out, correct?
1: Yep, yep, yep. yep. But anyway, um, George, is, I, I think he isn't he's supposed to be kind of a nice guy, um, and uh, is very Chicago. So he's Mr. Crosswhite.
0: Wait, um, he must be very Boston, no?
1: No, I think, no, He's he's, he's, he's he came up through Second City. And oh. he has kind of a Chicago accent, yeah.
0: Well, then, you know what? Um, uh, Top Chef really, really biffed it when they made him be a guest judge on the Boston version.
1: Well, but I mean, but like, but Cheers is very Boston, so. Because yeah. I think, like, yeah, anyway. Um,
0: Making your way <laughs> in the world today takes everything you've got. Cheers, you did not live through this, by the way. <laughs>
1: Michael Berryman um, plays Rupert Van Helsing. Did you recognize him immediately when you saw him? Um, he's got to be one of he certainly is one of the most striking people in genre films. He was, of course, Pluto from The Hills Have Eyes. He was in Weird Science. He kind of he kind of had that career uh, renaissance where people were like, oh, creepy movies from the 70s. So he was in Devil's Rejects and he has hypohydrotic um ectodermic dysplasia, which means he was born with no sweat glands, no hair, no fingernails, and no teeth.
0: Whoa. Does he yeah. have teeth in this? I didn't notice.
1: So I looked at, I wanted, I thought about this, and I looked at pictures. You can't really tell, or at least I couldn't really tell when I watched the episode, but he he, he seems to wear fall, wear dentures or something all the time, because usually he has teeth. Um, well, sure. I
0: mean, that makes which sense. Which would
1: make sense. Like, it's not his, you know, in the same way that, should he choose to wear a wig or something, that's totally... Totally with totally within his purview. But no, he he, he I I haven't seen any progression with no teeth.
0: Um when you but see he, him, he mm-hmm. is like the living im he is like the actual human form of uh Christopher Lloyd in
1: Yeah, who from God's Rabbit. He yes. looks like Judge Doom. Very yes. much so. Which is interesting because Robert Samakis isn't he connected to TFTC. Mm-hmm.
0: But I always think about him as sort of like a um, roles that are too creepy for Christopher Lloyd. They give to him. <laughs>
1: yeah. He also apparently is a nice guy. And um, there are lots of. Uh, and who knows? Maybe this is people trying to kind of uh, forgive themselves for uh, uh, cashing in on the perhaps, let's say, like different or certainly Socially disabling condition that he has. Lots, uh, I mean, it's definitely they talk about, like What it was like, yeah, growing up. Yeah. And he 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 says a lot of lot of things. Was like, well, you know, you just don't let it bother you, and so it seems like a lovely man. Though also, you realize that that could be sort of defense, and also like, what are you, what are you gonna say to somebody who's like, so you look really weird. What was that like?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean. Pro-
1: i feel like we're let's just rehash the um the the, the episode with the conjoined twins here yeah let's go for real i mean <laughs> is this okay
0: I, I just i suspect that um that, like there's there's somebody has to respond to you, i mean you hear about this all the time um from like comedians who share like uh like casting call uh, descriptions that their agent was like, You should really go for this. Oh, and yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, Dumpy fat woman. Stupid, dumpy woman. <laughs> you're like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So, Mouthy
1: broad who just needs five across the eyes. Yeah.
0: it got, needs to lose 20 to 70 pounds. You're <laughs> like, Jeez. Okay. So, I mean, but somebody <laughs> has to, someone does respond to those because they wouldn't put them out if they didn't work. Yeah, sure. Sure,
1: so, sure, sure. sure.
0: I don't know. I suspect, um, I sus- I would like to hope that Michael Berryman has reached sort of that, like, that, like, an extreme version of people who are like, you know what? I don't care how I look. Like, yeah, I have sure. accepted that some people think it is weird. I have accepted that people will stare at me. But, like, I have moved past that, like, I am mm-hmm. a more evolved sure. human at this point. I hope that that's true. I don't know if I actually believe that anyone really gets there ever,
1: but... Yeah, no, no. But yeah, sure. But, like,
0: there has to be different levels of it, right?
1: Well, and you have to wish that people achieve, like, a self-actualized or can be okay with their their state, you know, you know of course.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, like, I definitely want when he looks at himself in the mirror to, like, to, to like like the way he looks. Yeah, that's the most important thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And lastly, um, we have Paul Gleason as Detective Robinson. Um, of course, he is the is he the principal? Or the vice principal? He is the authority figure in the Breakfast Club.
0: He's the one who really gets it stuck to him.
1: Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> Stick it to him.
1: He and what's... oh man, what's that actor's name? Judd Nelson. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, so I thought that I, actually, I feel like this is of like many a of the episodes cast. we've seen. This is this is the this is certainly if not the most right up there's like cavalcade of stars. You're like, I know that guy. I know that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: usually means it's not an episode that I love, but I did really like this episode. This episode is not, like, amazing, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I'll tell you yeah. what it's about right now. Go, go. Donald Longtooth is a night watchman at a blood bank, but he's also, get this, a what it, it gets better he's a sweet boy vampire who like <laughs> who keeps his murderous instincts at bay by skimming off the liquid till at his job when his sleazy boss starts to threaten layoffs donald feels responsible for the hemoglobin shortfall and ponders how to ethically replace the blood That's what this episode is about.
1: Dun, dun, dun. So, I, you know, this one is strange epidemic ravaging our city's massive layoffs by sexually deviant fat cats. This has got to be the most relevant episode of TFTC (laughs) that we have ever done. (laughs) Maybe. So this episode, what what the H-E-double hockey sticks is this episode about? Um, Thematically and morally. uh, You're like, I just told you.
0: Well, I think thematically, ultimately, this is... The, I think that this episode is mostly just a bunch of fun. For uh-huh. the most part. I don't think that there's, yes. like... There is there is cool, like, deeper stuff here. But I think for the most part, it's sort of a zany premise. And then, like, let's mix kind of these wild characters together and, like, see how they would interact. I do yeah. think, uh-huh. because generally... Generally, in stories like this, where you have sort of a person trying to decide how they could ethically go about murdering someone, the end result is, well, maybe there isn't an ethical way to murder somebody. That generally is what happens. That is not what this episode is about.
1: You're right. You're right. Yes. This
0: episode is about how, while vigilante justice might be an okay thing to do, is an okay thing to do, what the real crime would be exploiting that justice and then turning it into, like, removing the justice quotient, so you're just murdering people. So I think I've arrived at, it's a a story about a vampire where the people around him are the bloodsuckers. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that that's what this story is about, which I kind of, I think is actually, like, pretty fresh, especially considering that this is, like, well-trodden territory, especially now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah for me I, I sort of thought like thematically morally like is this like one of those like something? sometimes things just turn out okay <laughs> also my other moral that I wrote was just suddenly Seymour <laughs> is standing beside you <laughs> and I also wrote sensitivity is sexy
0: oh that's like a really funny thing so like Sally keeps so you know yes. spoiler alert spoiler alert Um, Sally
1: thinks things are sexy.
0: (laughs) Sally's clearly attracted to Donald Longtooth. Mm -hmm. They have like a flirtation. And then she reveals at the end that she's always known he was... So Donald Longtooth obviously is not not out as a vampire. He's closeted. And she reveals that she has always known that he was a vampire and finds it irresistibly sexy. And it's sort of played for laughs, I think because they've kind of like doubted... Malcolm McDowell up in this role. Like, he's not, you know, he's not, like, a beautiful, smooth, pale creature right, of the right. he's, night. Yeah
1: he's, yeah, he's
0: He's, he's you know, he's wearing kind of a weird wig and stuff like that. So maybe, like, the joke is, like, I mean, like, he's just a dude, but you think he's, like, wildly sexy. But I think it's, like, a weird fallacy. I'm not the biggest Friends fan, but I do mm-hmm. know about this, and I think it's really weird about Friends. Friends in the Friends universe, everyone thinks that Ross trying to convince them that being a paleontologist is cool is, like, the most laughable thing ever. That anyone could care or think it's interesting that he is a paleontologist is, like, just so lame. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Everyone thinks paleontology is cool. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, yeah, this is a post-Jurassic yes. Park world we live in. That is, like, the coolest job Ever that anyone yeah. could have. Thankfully, mm-hmm. Ross is a terrible personality, so it's the only thing he has going for it. So he does deserve mockery, but <laughs> but like not about paleontology. Paleontology is the only thing he's got going on. So to have Sally be like, "I think it's sexy," you're a vampire. I'm like, yeah, you and like every other human being alive. These vampires yeah, are yeah, sexy. Yeah. That is like standard. Accepted about vampires as a, like a construct in folklore, <laughs> like that they well, are not sexy only does creatures. she think,
1: not only does she think vampires are sexy. She also says, "I've always wanted to be a creature of the darkness."
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a weird thing where that's just like, "Ha, huh? Sally thinks vampires are sexy." You're like, <laughs> yeah. "What a weirdo!" Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, "Everybody yeah, no. thinks vampires are sexy. What's wrong with you?"
1: Let's just keep saying sexy. I also like it at the end where he bites her and she says, "This is so sexy." <laughs> Which is a really just funny. It's uh, a really funny thing to say in the moment. Yep,
0: yep. Um, most I, I, so, uh, most moments that are explicitly like that explicitly are sex. To say this is sexy is funny.
1: Yeah, yeah super funny, super funny. You should you try try it at home, listeners. Just you're in a sexy moment. Just just say this is sexy
0: before you engage in, or maybe while engaging in, enthusiastically consented on all sides, yeah. sex, you could suggest that the situation you're in is quite sexy and see if you're, the other people you're involved with think that that's a funny thing for you to say. I promise they would.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they might think it's so funny, they no longer want to do sexual things <laughs> In fact,
0: you. it might become incredibly not sexy that you just <laughs> said that.
1: But, um, no, anyway, um, this episode, to me, let, let me ask you a question, and then I'll just want to talk about it. Did this feel like an episode of Tales from the Crypt to you? No. He asked, knowing. Yeah, no. It feels like kinda like it, it feels like an anthology, but it feels like kinda Twilight Zony or like it feels like yeah. some forgotten like 70s horror anthology or something, and that's like, oh this one's with like vampires, and you're like, okay. But I think that's kinda why I dig it. Um I like it because it is not like other Tales from the Crypt, which is why it belongs here, because I think if ponderously watching them in order and discussing them week by week has taught me anything. It's that Tales from the Crypt is a lot deeper than the woman with her boobs out and a chainsaw uh, stereotype that we that it I think aggressively courted.
0: Yeah, in fact, so much so that like we have we seen an episode yet that fits that description. I don't think so, and we're in season three.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but there's some stuff where it seems more. I mean, I would say that, like, and all through the house is pretty close to a prototypical. Uh, I mean, there's not as much nudity or anything.
0: There's but, no nudity, I don't think. I mean, I guess you know. there is, like, a weird thing in... Uh, maybe this is also true of science fiction. I'm trying to think of other... Probably you could make this argument about most genre movies or TV shows. Uh-huh.
1: But there's almost...
0: Entertainment's delights.
1: There's <laughs> Spectacles. almost... Spectacles!
0: <laughs> there's almost this, like... Hyper like a, like the um the the place that uh the shorthand for it for the genre is yeah. almost like lives in the world of hyper reality where like no one piece of it fits mm-hmm. into that slot quite. It's like I it's ha- just so much bigger. Like kind of the I have a perfect
1: example. Perfect go, example. James go, Bond. Go. James Bond. Mm-hmm. Volcano Lair Sexy ladies, lasers, rockets, flying belts, any James Bond pastiche actually has sort of more stuff than any single James Bond movie has. Like all of that stuff is in there in the James Bond corpus. But there's no one James Bond that has all of the things that we think of as cliche James Bond 60s swigging spy stuff
0: and and the stuff that really stands out like i'm i'm i've seen a lot of horror movies i like horror movies um i like bad horror movies and i like good horror movies
1: but <laughs> i don't I don't, like, I don't really care for care for them very
0: much. <laughs> that is the whole premise of our show um I may mean, i remind you but I was, as I was saying, like, I've seen a lot of horror movies. I've never seen a horror movie where it's like, and it's at a drive-in movie, and there's a big creature, and there's boobs, and, like, teenagers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not a... No, you're
1: totally right. Yes. That's yes. Just no not, slasher movie has that's, every cliché. Yeah. No.
0: Well, or even, like, most of the... Cl- any of the clichés. Like, they're just not. Mm. And the because the ones that stand out um, try to do things fairly uniquely, I think, is really the answer there. Um, yeah. Yeah. What in God's name are we talking about?
1: Oh, um, how this, oh. this feels like a tf and I, I and like even the way this is shot, it feels very seventies to me. Actually, it kind of it also kind of has a little bit. And I'm using terms I only kind of understand. It has a little bit of a hammer horror look to it too, where it's like lush, kind of emptyish sets with British people kind of walking across them and stuff. Um, I
0: think it looks. I think it looks sort of like um, to me. It looks like an episode of the Avengers. This could be. This could oh, be yeah. a really weird episode of The Avengers, like a Halloween episode of The Avengers, where it's just, just sort of like end,
1: in the end, in the end, Emma Peel just kind of shows up and is like, "I know what to do, just to spot kung fu." I don't know why she's Cockney. And then... <laughs> she's like
0: apples and pears. We'll get this vampire out. <laughs> hey, oi, come have a butcher's at this. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Long would you like a Ruby Murray?
1: Okay, sidebar, side by sidebar. Do you like the Avengers movie with Uma Thurman? I kind of do. I kind of do, too. I think it's actually great for all the reasons the Avengers are great. So, such that whenever you hear, like, a, so bad, it's good. And they gripe about stuff. You're like, no, 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 no. There are no other characters because that's the way the Avengers looked. They had sets, but no actors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, if you watch the Avengers, it's, it's pretty it's, it It, it yeah. clearly is made by people who loved the Avengers and understood what it is. That's potentially why it's not, like, um, too. That's why
1: America isn't ready for it. (laughs) That's right. No, but
0: that's potentially, like, why it's so. It was
1: too British for America. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Too brave. Too brave and British for America. Mm. Um, But, no, sometimes, like, sometimes if you are trying to capture, like, media from the past and you're a little bit too on the nose with how it was, people don't like Mm it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel fresh or modern. There's a reason for Mm
1: -hmm. that. Yeah. Um yeah. I just keep side I keep sidetracking you. <laughs> I keep keeping you from saying whatever it is you want to say.
0: I think I already said the thing I wanted to say. Um but do you agree with me that you don't really get a sense that there is a uh that there is any moral judgment about what Longtooth is doing? I don't think that there is. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I think that's pretty much right. I th- I mean if anything, this seems like sort of a character study of Longtooth, maybe a little bit. Um I do like, uh, I like that we see that he is multifaceted. Um, I choose to read this as uh, smart writing and not bad writing, but I like that he's like when he's around other people, he's a little bit wh- around the humans. He's kind of withdrawn and nebbish, right? But then when he, he is filled with ecstasy and like alcoholic delight, when he can consume blood, um, and then sort of like become it's he becomes more vampiric. Remember when he goes to like to, to like to like cook the books and fix the ledger and they're gone. And he's like, oh, I should tear his throat out. And he's like emoting like very big, very Christopher Lee vampire. Um, and then he decides he storms out. He figures he has to get the blood. And then he sees the old woman. and He's like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. And then he sees the mugger. And then the woman, notably, he doesn't save the woman. The woman saves herself from the mugger. And then he in, then he interacts with the mugger in in like a funny way, but in a very like classic vampiric, you know, kind of like look into my eyes, you know, you will do what I, you know. And um, I do like that. He asks him um, the like blood donation screening questions. Do you have any bloodborne illnesses? Have you recently had any dental surgery? <laughs> um, it's cute. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but anyway, I think it kind of shows that he's sort of a multi sided individual. He is, and he and he speaks briefly, but I think kind of eloquently that for hundreds of years he's been killing people. And he's not sure that's what he wants to do anymore. It's not like, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, you know. You know, there doesn't have to be like a dead child or something. He just
0: yeah. Take a note on that, Buffy. Um, yeah. <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't yeah, have you to wanna, like you, get let, all yeah. Sold you want you
1: want to let's let's talk about some gentle some gentle sweet boy vampires.
0: Gentle sweet boy vampires. The two biggest examples I could think of right off the top of my head are t- from Twilight. The mm-hmm. the Edward yeah. Clan. The what is Edward Clan's name?
1: Who can forget? C- Colin. Who can Colin. forget the main, the main vampire of Twilight, named Twilight. Twilight. Is Twilight. And I am a Dracula. I
0: am a Dracula. Um, classic sweet boy vampires. Um, and then, even if they are creepy and right, where
1: they're like, "I don't sleep. I'll just watch you sleep. It's cool. It's fine." The castle I sparkle.
0: I I uh, I'm very attracted to you because you smell so good to me. You know, like a pot roast. Um, you wanna
1: you wanna play baseball with my weird family? Yeah, we're yeah. all the same age. I do think that uh, the like almost from the jump, right? We like to explore this idea of vampirism is like it, like sometimes vampirism is, is a disease. I can there there are definitely movies in the eighties and nineties where it like vampirism. It's AIDS, guys. It's AIDS. AIDS is vampirism, um, or or is it you know? Prior to our understanding of illness like that, it's a curse, and then it's like, how do you, you can, how do you, how do you deal with your curse? You are, you have a human. There's human you, and there's also vampire you, and because, and, and it doesn't. It seems like we make this distinct from like a werewolf. It's not like you turn it. Like you always are a vampire, and you're also always you, and so you get to like, you know, feel sad about that, and like hang out with your buddy Lestat, and uh, look I at crucifixes like and feel such
0: crucifixes,
1: right? But Especially here, in this case, um, as shown here with Longtooth, I think this also kind of is a like cultural, like a low-key cultural fascination we have with not gentlemen, but gentle men, men who are gentle. Um, I feel like you'll uh, as a as a father, you encounter in, in press stuff where it'll be like, you know what's the best? When your big, strong, masculine husband is being gentle and sweet with your children. And like we have this we, we, like we have all this like Sick cultural loading where men are supposed to be like hyper masculine and always, you know, they are the predators and the the, the aggressors and everything. But like, number one, that's like absurd because we all know people who are not 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 like that. (laughs) But there's just this idea that there are like men who are quiet and sweet and gentle, gentle and kind and considerate. And they're usually like nebbish bachelors who live alone and, you know, would never make a move on the on the cute woman in the office who loves them. Um, We we, this certainly is like a genre trope that we have. Um, (laughs) I I wrote all this that I just wrote. Our culture is sick.
0: Yeah. Well, I think what's what's (laughs) funny about all this stuff is what you're describing, I would think, would come from a fairly like traditional source, like kind of traditional, quote unquote um sure. gender people who at least buy into gender norms because yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. Yes. you wouldn't right, yeah. make no, this point like what is no, it No otherwise you'd be otherwise kid, it would
1: be it, well, yeah, what,
0: what is it supposed to be like my husband comes home and he just really reams my kids out like he does at the office where he is an alpha male and then he jams our dog right between his legs like an angry like he does angrily with his napkin at every meal it's a little <laughs> ball, rage. I
1: mean, I like, mean to no. be fair to be fair to be fair though like if you if you're going getting real like into like that trad Stuff though, I mean, I perhaps foolishly—that was a like, like, like in a horrified way—read something where a a, a traditional um, Christian blogger talks about driving her family around in the car while everybody's sleeping on a road trip, and how that must be how her husband feels all the time, ho- holding and steering the family's lives day by day, like, like captaining the ship is such a big responsibility for him and she only gets to just think about it because if she drove off the road why that would be a total disaster and that, that you know, spiritually that's his job every damn day. Wow. So, so wow, I mean, wow, there, wow, wow, you wow, know, wow. you know, but all I'm saying no, though is right. So, okay, but, but saying, that
0: person is buying into, what I'm saying is, this still goes with my thing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this person clearly is buying into gender roles and even they are, are Admitting that toxic masculinity is, number one, a thing. Number two, something that can be turned off is not, like, inherent to a particular individual. And, lastly, is a problem. Like... Uh It wouldn't be okay if you came home and you were mean to your children. <laughs> like, that's right. not yeah, a good yeah. thing that's,
1: that's actually not the nobody, way you're supposed to be. Nobody yeah.
0: would respect that. No one's like, what a cool guy. He really comes home and just like, he lets won't let his, his son make eye him.
1: contact with him until he can do 30 push ups.
0: <laughs> right. So it's yeah. sort of weird that, like, the kind of the, the, what I would consider the main, um, the, the people who like think that you know it's it's important to have gender roles and things like that and like oh whoa, whoa. even they admit that like this this is yeah, not yeah, fun yeah. for anybody this is a bad idea
1: yeah 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 yes 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 all I'm saying though is that like you know in, 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 this is this is that like rip supernatural where you have a you know like a nice vampire is like the pr- is the predator the horror but like he's actually like trying to be a nice guy and maybe a kind of a good person.
0: Yeah, no, he's definitely the least, the least, um, I mean, so, like, the the only sticky wicket for me is I'm not really sure what we're supposed to make of uh, Van Helsing, except it's really funny to watch this ethereal, like, kind of plucked from time creature interact with Paul Gleason, who is, like, very 90s like yes, like yes. a man of his time interacting with a man of no time <laughs> like yeah, that no, no, is like a, that, that's no. very comedic and like enjoyable to watch i don't really know how they fit thematically with any of this like i think we're supposed to think that like both of those guys are okay
1: yeah no no i think it's just funny like i mean yeah. i think it just exists to be i mean i think that they they're very funny i in in i Made note of that. Like, like their scenes are great.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like enjoyable. I think that's just like sort of, sort of pleasure. And I think a lot of this episode is. I do think it's interesting. I don't know if I've ever. I don't think I've ever seen like a vampire movie where with with this sort of like there a nice there's a nice vampire and then we we conceivably there is our other vampires that murder all the time, and that that's like a distinction between the two. Where then the ultimate the ultimate upshot is maybe actually the people are the bad guys. Yeah. I, that's fairly fresh. I don't think I've ever seen anything mm-hmm. quite like that.
1: And I guess maybe, maybe the cop and Van Helsing exists to show. So it's not that like all humans are terrible. It's just that everything's kind of a mixed bag, right? Like if Longtooth fought with those guys and killed um, the principal from uh, uh, breakfast club and Van Helsing, you'd feel sad because even though these guys these guys are like mortal enemies, you're like kind of on their on both of their sides.
0: Yeah, and you I know, don't and know, I don't think n- that you want to see you don't also don't want to see uh, Helsing die either.
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah. Donald is clearly part of some sort of like dynasty of old school vampires, right? Like he has to sleep in Carpathian dirt. We see in his house or his like whatever his crash pad that he has portraits of other people with fangs. <laughs> so it's kind of like so they... I. I don't really know that there this isn't i don't think that this is a heavily uh punched theme here but you get this idea that he's from an old aristocratic line and like he just wants to be a security guard at a blood bank and not bother anyone so there's sort of a like 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 class or trading up he chafes against the family business which seems to be like being a vampire um he says i don't want the stalking life sucking on the streets um I also love the reveal with the alarm clock and his his normal tooth dentures, which don't seem to work at all. Like it's like a joke that we know it's his 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 fangs seem to pop out whenever he interacts with uh, Sally, kind of like he's a middle schooler with a boner. Um, uh, let me think. What else? Um, he's 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 a bit fancy. Do you like his little ponytail?
0: Um, no, I think his hair is an absolute travesty.
1: Oh, see, I think The well, Little Ponytail is great because it does kind of put one in mind of, like, a Thomas Jefferson ponytail. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. yeah, he's, like, from the past. That's why his hair is bad.
0: He should have his hair, like, gathered back then all together. Like, it's just mm-hmm. that the wig is, is very bad and makes him look dowdy, and he is not a dowdy man.
1: Um, I he, should, it, kind of-
0: wait, wait, he should push all that hair out of his face so he can see his pretty face.
1: That's right. How is he going to find a nice boy if his face is... Yeah.
0: How am um, I supposed I, to enjoy an episode of Tales from the Crypt unless I have a nice, handsome man to look at?
1: You're right. Yeah. Man, just reverse those genders and you're probably like at least one of the executive producers.
0: <laughs> also, also, like the ultimate sign. I Don't you love it when it's like, no, when women objectify, there's feminism.
1: That's yeah, yeah, how you yeah. do it. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like actually I feel like what you're doing is actually like like two or three crappy things where like people point that out as if they're like, boom, feminism is a big lie women can be horrible and horny too boom and, and
0: you're like yes <laughs> no that's right, that's right. fine like,
1: like oh, I have owned you with your own logic there's that but then also like that but, but they're like the misunderstanding like that's what feminism is we just need a bunch of girl bosses with cigars grabbing dudes by the butt then we have equality <laughs> like yeah
0: it's the same people who are like who are like, yeah, this is how you make change happen, and it's like a woman cat calling men as they walk by, and you're like, no, yeah, yeah. that's still just harassment. Like, no. Yeah, well,
1: I don't know if it's positive change.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you're actually just like going down to the same level. Like, it's it's might be satisfying to watch, but like you don't know anything about those guys. Don't 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 traumatize them. They're probably fine.
1: I kind of thought this was a little bit of like a gentler version of what we do in shadows. Um, I
0: thought about what we do in the shadows yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You kind of, you know, it's like the funny human side of being a vampire. I think this plays down the horror a little bit. It doesn't have as much room to work with it either. Um, but it's the it's the same kind of or it's similar kinds of jokes.
0: Did you think it was funny that instead of just leaving the blood alone and then sucking the blood out of people he thinks are bad, he continues to skim off the till and then replace the blood with people he's right. killed's blood?
1: <laughs> right, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's kind of an elaborate, well, even then, like, he, I get it why he siphons at the first, I guess he's trying to, so, like, this blood bank doesn't make any damn sense.
0: Yeah, the business uh, model of this blood bank I actually mean, finally does make sense when George Went admits at the end that he right, yes, right, has but, also known, uh, this guy is, like, the worst yeah, at yeah. keeping it secret well, that he's a vampire. his, his
1: name is Donald Longtooth
0: okay <laughs> now even if, if you're you
1: worked... trying to not have people know that you're a vampire <laughs> even if you worked with a
0: person named vlad bats mcgratz wouldn't you be a little surprised to find out that they were a vampire
1: i mean i would be constantly putting shaving mirrors in their face <laughs> and trying to trick them into eating garlic that's
0: garlic you would be you'd be having the full lost voice dinner dinner party experience
1: yeah yeah but i would have invited them into my home and so i would have had no power so no no but yes uh, he, yeah donald is super bad at apparently not letting people know but no how does this work like it is interesting i i looked at this right like blood donation nobody you can sell plasma but you can't sell blood so it's all donations but blood donation is big business because that blood uh, is sold for money, and um, you can find all kinds of interesting things about, like, um, like how to put together your business model for running a blood bank. They're generally nonprofits, but you know, you still have, like what would I? What's a snappy name for your blood bank? What kind of infrastructure and staff do you need to run a blood bank? So it's it really is like a business. Did any um, did they
0: warn up against vampire night watchmen because you know that they can't keep their hands out of the out of the cookie yeah, jar? Yeah, probably.
1: I'm sure I'm sure there's a standard like holy water, um, uh, you know, like screening process. You have to
0: have all of the interviews in broad daylight outside.
1: Yeah. Although it seemed to me it didn't seem to me that uh, the light bothered Donald, because remember when he's in his house and there's like the light streaming in through that, like cracked wooden whatever. I don't know, but, but he's a, a night
0: watchman. I kind of feel like. Well, but
1: but but right, but you, but maybe that's just because then there's nobody around to see him drinking the blood. Um, I would but be no, surprised you
0: know. <laughs> if he was not. If they like departed that strongly from, I think it's probably just a little bit of sloppy filmmaking.
1: In my notes, I wrote, "How the hell does this blood bank work?" And then right underneath it, I wrote, "How the hell does this police station work?"
0: I <laughs> such also, that, such did you that, also like that the blood bank looked like what a cart, like a cartoon version of an actual bank? Like the blood is in a vault.
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure. And uh, no, but and again, like, what do the humans who work there, th- like, when there's suddenly a lot more blood? Do they do they just think that everyone else was having buku like donations? Where do they? It's not. It, 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 like, him saving the blood bank is a little bit like any generic, like, we're going to have to close the off like, unless we can sell these cars, if the, you know, the old bank, unless we can find some new investors, the company, we're just going to have to, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? His, his blood searching is kind of a, like, we're going to put on a show and save the community center kind of level of. Uh, so anyway, just those people, those people in the white coats, what do they think is going on? How do they think their wor- yeah. their, their place of
0: work? They works? must have just assumed that someone hired a sign spinner.
1: Right. Uh, OK. And then how does the police station work? You're a cop. You're working a homicide case. A guy who looks like Judge Doom comes in and tells you that he's a famous international lunatic who hunts for things that you believe to be mythological. Of course, you let him look at your case files and wander around with you.
0: Not then only that, you, you still know
1: your You see a straight dude in a coffin, and you're like, feels right. Why would we check any of this out any further?
0: Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> that part might be more realistic than we want to know. Uh, we, don't, we don't know about
1: that. Uh, <laughs> I love it when George Wendt calls him all kinds of, like, funny vampiric slurs. Was like, time's up, Lugosi. Yeah. You're going to take the count.
0: Yeah, I did like that, too.
1: Um, um, I, I the the only other weird vampire thing I wanted to say, and and we can we can move to a more organized discussion, is that um, I love this is the first piece of vampire media I've seen in a long time that really highlights that blood is a beverage. <laughs> Like, he's, I mean, like, usually, you know, they're, they're, like, going, you go in for, like, a sexy or maybe a bestial, like, throat bite. And you're, like, no, sucking no, no, no. blood he's and everything. No, like
0: excited. he's, like, excited but he's like, for it, like, right. if you're, like, cracking open a Coke. Yeah,
1: no. Yeah, no, no, but, but like, even the drink, and then he drinks it out of the siphon and stuff, which is such a goofy, it's such a goofy, great part. Yeah, I like that part, too. But, I mean, in this, like, you're, like, oh, yeah, blood is a drink. It's not a... But you know what I mean. Like usually in vampire media, they like bite the throat, and then the wo- it's always a woman. Always the woman is like, ah, and she looks like she like has an orgasm, and then like, ah, and the vampire's, ah. yeah. You know, there's not. It's not. You, you don't. There's no like chug a lugging of fluid. You know. I've
0: often it, thought about like what's the mechanics of it. Like yeah. So he so you bite with your fangs, and you so you right. make a you make some are the are the
1: fangs are the fangs supposed to be hollow. Can, they, can you, you suck from the fangs?
0: Oh, no, this isn't some weird binicula thing. What are you talking about? No, like, no, that's insane. That's an insane idea.
1: <laughs> well, no, okay, okay, no, you say that. Okay, okay, but look, you don't, they don't lacerate the skin with the fangs and then, like, disengage the fangs and then, like, tongue kiss all over the hole.
0: Yes. No. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But it's insane to think that the fangs themselves have holes in them, and you're sucking the blood up through the fangs. So is it like sort of like a like a weird? They're like a interval? snakes
1: like ven- Yeah, It's like a snake's fang- fangs. It's like a hypodermic. Like they.
0: No, I, the think suck what, is, I think I no? think what they're supposed to do is I think that they like puncture the skin with the fangs and then they <laughs> up through their yeah. mouths. I mean, let's I agree that, that that's like not the case. because otherwise, that- then they would like stick their fangs into like. He would stick his fangs into the martini glass and like slurp up with his with you know what I mean? Right, it's yeah. crazy.
1: I think I think like if vampires were real, we would just have to agree. They probably have like a mouth like a lamprey or something. There's probably horrifying things happening inside their mouth parts.
0: I'm, say- like, what like, what I'm weird, saying
1: weird weird, yeah. leechy, like, you know, like like a mouth that looks like a starfish covered in spikes and
0: Yeah. It's not a very effective way to to drink blood, for sure. But to like make two holes and then just sort of like slurp around on them, no. You're
1: right. Yeah. I'm just saying, and it's two holes. They're puncture wounds. So it's not. It's not like you like. It's like a saber-toothed cat kind of thing, and then you like all over the hole. Yeah,
0: it is sort of weird. I. I mean, I understand that it's because it's like folklore and it goes like way back. But you would think that like also vampires would just like eat people, like just like consume flesh.
1: But sure. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that there are cultures with. With things that eat people that are that whether they're like you know, you know how like if you get these books of like spooky stuff when you're a kid they'll be like you know the Haitian vampire you know whatever you know oh sure in, there have in to the, be job, the 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 Indian vampires those guys and it's like some you know somewhat similar folk folk yeah. monster folk beastie that you know and they're like no it's like that's that that's what that's what a Chinese vampire is like you guys.
0: I do think that a lot of, uh, surprisingly, I feel like a lot of vampire lore is fairly set. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of drinking blood is something that has fascinated most cultures that have existed in the world and we have created beasties that, that, that mm-hmm. live on human blood. Um, yeah. Potentially, the idea of a vampire just being kind of a cannibal is maybe <laughs> less scary. It's like weirder that they just want to drink the blood like suck Mm. you dry like kind of the idea of a succubus right like sucking your life force out especially if you think about like what we used to think how important I mean blood is super important obviously (laughs) but like (laughs) but like But, like, when, like, medicine was based on humors and things like oh, that, yeah, yeah. like, soup, like, way more important. So
1: That makes, that makes me wonder if they, if people thought there were vampires who would drink your phlegm or your various bile. colors of bile, the other humors I do, A bile-drinking vampire. That guy's breath would smell terrible. terrible.
0: I also, like, it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of, it's like a weird categorization thing where it's like, okay, get this, there are only four fluids that even matter at all in the human body. Snot, blood, yellow bile, brown bile. Same.
1: <laughs> yellow bile and, um, uh, I gotta be four. Um, other bile.
0: Like, <laughs> other darker bile. than yellow bile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now though, it would just be the people would just be like, it's like spit, snot, sweat, semen. There you go. Boom. There's Ew. your humorous.
0: Ew! Ew! <laughs> it's
1: all just weird stuff that comes out of you. Ugh!
0: Um. Bleh. um so as we we're talking about like people, un- psychopathic urges in unlikely places. So first, we're talking about vampires. This is also like an idea that's trotted out in various other media sources. Um, I, I, I think it's funny that you and I both independently but th- got a little shop of horror vibes.
1: Oh yeah! Yeah yeah. From this. Yes. I mean huh. it does Sally kind of is like uh what's her name the Audrey uh, yeah yeah that's right Audrey 1 yeah she has a lot of Audrey 1 energy just like in terms of the way the performance is done the you know the high pitched voice and the kind of
0: right like, right 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 like, she's supposed to be sort of like you, you kind of get the sense that she's like sort of like a bubble headed tomato but like a yeah, good and person yeah the like
1: yeah. right and the kind of bad this this is probably sort of a toxic trope but like the trope where she's like the the kind of you know like you're just i you know like I would have loved to make a move on you, but you're too good for me. Or the part in this where she's like, "What's wrong with me?" Which is totally like a like, "Why aren't you like going all Tex Avery Wolf on me?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's,
0: it's like Avery not great. Wolf. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. The, the gender, poly- Sally has Sally probably should have some therapy. Bit of therapy.
1: Yeah. For oh, Sally. for sure. Um.
0: Yeah, but I think that these stories. So uh, the other one is Dexter, which is a piece of media I care oh, yeah. far less. I mean, like Little Shop of Horrors is probably you, my favorite. Musical. You don't like
1: Dexter? You don't like Dexter?
0: No. Do you like <laughs> Dexter?
1: <laughs> I mean, no, not really. No. <laughs> You're not down with Dexter. I like I like the pilot episode of Dexter, where um instead of just being weird and uptight around people, he he's like really phony and like laughy all the time. Kind of a more like Patrick Bateman.
0: <laughs> I yeah, thought that I was that I would be like super I, fun. I feel like I really liked the first season of Dexter, I will even yeah. say, but like then it kinda like just goes to
1: pieces. No, but here's the thing, Mary. We figured out the perfect way to murder people. First, you cover him in plastic. Then you cover yourself in plastic. Then you kill them. Then you take them out on your boat. You drop them in the ocean. Gulfstream takes them away. Nobody will ever find
0: them. This does feel the the especially during the plastic part does sound like me trying to purchase groceries at this time in our lives. <laughs> um, oh man. But like, why why do we like these stories about unlikely killers? Why do you think?
1: I mean I mean, cause like doing bad to do good is probably universally human. It's definitely universally American. Yes. Now, you know me, I never like to talk about neo-noir westerns. No, but no, but look, remember, the director of this worked in westerns, right? Gunslingers, Ronin, Rogue Cops, spies. We we love we love guys where it's like I'm a bad dude, but for whatever reason, I'm on the side of the Angels now. We love that. That's great. That's all of 90s comics, right? Yep. Wolverine. Wolverine is is Longtooth.
0: Yeah, we love of. we love I mean not heroes. really.
1: Wolverine would be like Longtooth if he was just vamped out the whole time and was just like, "I don't kill people."
0: I do it's, agree I do agree with you. I do think that there is something more specific about being interested. So like Definitely, definitely, there are people who are beyond the law who like carry out the law. That's very cowboy. Mm-hmm. Would you consider those people? They are, but would you consider? And do you think pop culture considers them murderers?
1: I mean, it, I feel like it depends, right? Like back in the day, it's just like we're the rough men, and there's the civilized, but like, and then you get like sort of the man who shot A Liberty down kind shot of thing.
0: Liberty and violence, right. yeah.
1: But then you get to like Clint Eastwood in like Unforgiven, or um, I think there's a little bit this in like The Outlaw Josie Wales, where it kind of acknowledges that like no, actually it's like deeply messed up to be a gunfighter, um, and and but then you know maybe you can I mean our um, True Grit does a little bit like that with Rooster Godburn, you know, it so I think I think there is, but yeah. it's like a it's like as but it's like as as the genre evolves and interrogates its own tropes. You, you know what I mean,
0: right? I, I guess I. To me, those people generally I would consider more killers versus murder. You know what I mean, like murderers. Oh, I see to what you mean. Me I see. You're
1: talking. You're talking. You're spe- You're wanting to hone in more specifically on, yeah. Perhaps like the trope of like, like I am a super powered serial killer. Or um, I'm trying to think. After there, there's stuff where it'll be like. Um, like the main guy is a genius at solving this isn't Dexter, but like where it'll be like, he has the profile of a serial killer, but he would never kill anyone because he's a cop who catches serial killer.
0: This is not true of Hannibal. Yeah, but, Han- but, 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 but Hannibal, right, but, but is, but Hannibal is
1: sort of thing. like that because yeah. you always have to run him up against a worse serial killer so that he can yep. be kind of a good guy.
0: Yep, which is also something the yeah. they do in Dexter. I don't know. I just, I think I think mm-hmm. that we love so first of all we love stories about unlikely people who could be killers. We love, like, Anne Rule's The Stranger Beside Me about Ted Bundy. Oh,
1: yeah, sure. um, yeah, yeah. And things yes. like
0: that. We like we like that kind of, like, char- the charming psychopath is, like, a thing we love. So mm-hmm. I think that that feeds into this. Obviously, that's not, I don't think that that's necessarily what's going on with Longtooth, nor with Seymour and Little Shop of Horrors. But that's definitely what Dexter's is about.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I think what's notable is that, like, bad guys are generally cool and that's why we like anti-heroes right i mean like right but longtooth isn't especially cool or he's only cool sometimes yeah um but he basically works to protect his co-workers and then he's like i think we're supposed to think it's kind of like charming and baffled like he like his charming british bafflement whenever sally like is you know like Showing interest in him, I think we're supposed to think that's kind of charming. He's doing a. Um, I think
0: it's charming. Yeah, it's. it's he's he's just
1: he's just nodding hill all over everything there.
0: Yeah, it's horribly befuddled. <laughs> um,
1: he even has dumb floppy hair. Oh man. Well,
0: I guess what I like about this is I feel like, generally, pieces of media like this kind of play on this idea that it is fun for us to peer into people doing transgressive things like murder, like truly dark transgressive things like murdering other people. Sure. But we don't want to get into like the ickiness of someone who has psychological or ideological problems that are like too much to deal with like Mm -hmm. there there's a reason that people are obsessed with like ted bundy because he seemed like kind of a normal dude who did really terrible things there are a lot of there's a there's less of people who want to like dig into albert fish because albert fish was a crazy person with like real messed up ideas right
1: no no I, yeah no I, I get what you're saying Do you right. know what i'm saying and so, th- like, yes we, and that's why we and that's why we like it to be that serial killers are like or like supernaturally s- evil or, or they,
0: supernaturally smart like we like right, them to be and
1: as 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 opposed to it being like yeah he was a guy who had some some psychological problems and you know he got hit four, on five, the head with a swing when he was a kid right yeah. right and then and then his mother shamed him for wetting his bed and then he was molested by his weird yeah. uncle and you know and yeah. now it's now sadder. he has now he's psychosexually senseless. very messed up. Yeah. Yeah,
0: cuz it's senseless and you're just like, "Oh, he was like a he was like an abused person Right, right. He's not he's not exactly people. a
1: victim, but he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
0: He, he's a victim in his own right, it did not give him like a hall pass to victimize other people. But
1: Sure, yeah. sure. It's why yeah. it's like, this kind of makes me think it's a little bit it's almost it's kind of weird then that um Jeffrey Dahmer has such a big piece of pop culture uh I mean or or is it that like in his case it's so much that he's kind of like the sympathetic serial killer?
0: Um I do think I do think that there is something to be made from most there aren't like a ton he's like the like the the main gay serial killer and I think sure. that that gives him legs. Sure. And the more you find out and actually honestly the more you find out about him the more that aspect of him is is like was so integral to the case, and like partially why sure. he could get away with it for so long. And like, so you can really get into some, I think, some really good and interesting, yeah, yeah. um, sure, like you know, human rights conversations there. So, like, that's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, definitely Jeffrey Dahmer is like a very like, ver- like definitely, like, you'd if you peer into his into his psyche. The bad you're going right, right, bad right. stuff is gonna look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just
1: a very a very damn a very damaged person. Yeah. You know, th- but th- like
0: we like we but we like these stories because like peering into Dexter's psychology, that's that's pretty safe. Like we don't we're not we're not gonna see stuff that's so sad or so terrible or things that aren't even probably gonna make us not like him anymore. So it gives us sort of these like this little like paddling tool. Sure. To like sure. think about what murder and serial killing could be like if we didn't have to deal with any of the ickiness, which is sort of a strange um, well, and, desire that we have.
1: Well, and also I just say that the, you, you won't like this because I'm dragging you back to my other point. But like he lives by a code. We like. No, that. I she, love like, this. Or like Anton sugar right? Which again is that a little westerny sort of a country mm-hmm. man? Mm-hmm. But like you know where like we we like it that 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 the. And this applies to vampires, too. The supernaturally evil, powerful, unstoppable being. He's got some rules. There's some rules that you got to know to know how to deal with him, to
0: definitely. know what
1: his what what does he want? How do we how do we and then how do we beat him?
0: That's definitely like a piece of this. I feel like we we need the people who do transgressive things to follow like almost cartoonishly strict or, like, exacting moral rules around their transgressions. And Mm -hmm. then, and I think as the viewer, or at least I always feel this way, I'm like, well, I'm far less, like, socially deviant, certainly, than this murderer. (laughs) But... I, I would never be able to stick to a moral code like that. I wonder if. <laughs> I
1: can't even resist eating this extra piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> exactly.
0: So I think it's like there's sort of like a part of us that I think are a little bit tickled to like watch sort of like a wilder creature than we are have like such strict rules that they can put down because maybe at some level we want to question whether or not morality is sort of a sham? Question mark? <laughs>
1: oh man yeah baby baby
0: i think that that's or like at least interrogate our own sense of like what our personal moral codes are like there definitely is something there about like why why i mean like it totally makes sense like you need them to follow the rules so that that also keeps you safe so when you watch them do these trans-aggressive acts It doesn't, like, deeply upset you and, like, keep you up at night and give you nightmares. But, like, I think there's also something there where we're just kind of, like, I mean, like, Dexter, like, does all of these things to kill somebody. If I wanted to kill somebody, I wouldn't do all those things. (laughs) Like, I Moral code. Come on. Um, I do think it's interesting in this that, basically, whereas every other piece of media I can think of with, like, serial killers or... Um, or vampires who choose not to kill or people who do choose to kill with the possible exception of Little Shop of Horrors which is sort of like which is the closest thing I can think of to this story where it's sort of like well he's like a nice guy but like he kind of has to kill right? Oopsie. Mm-hmm. Um you never you always get like a very long overblown idea of like why they've decided not to kill or why they've made killing okay in their minds. Like you have that kind of detailed. and then this they're just kind of like, well, he doesn't really like to kill people. He's done it for a long time and he's not into it anymore. However, if jobs are on the line, I guess he'll kill I guess he'll like you know like kill a couple of really bad guys.
1: <laughs> I'll kill again I'll kill again yeah oh, but, but also though it's fun because that's like compact storytelling he doesn't have we don't have to have like some story about you know he made friends with this young girl and then she got killed and then he thought that maybe violence was but then he had to do violence and uh, you know in this case they're just like yeah he's a vampire like that's inherently horrific and evil we all know yeah do you know what they have to do to eat you guys Yeah
0: yeah no I think that that's like it's just sort of funny I think that you probably you know people have people writing stories like this have been like well now Buffy has to be in love with a vampire but like how do we make her be in love oh well he maybe he has a soul and that keeps him from killing well like as opposed to just being like yeah yeah. it's just over it like you don't
1: he's like a vampire who like has figured out that maybe like killing killing hundreds of people yeah yeah vegetarian I think uh um uh longtooth is a vegetarian vampire here a little bit where he has he has made an ethical decision about about his consumption
0: yeah or like deciding he's not gonna go to chick-fil-a anymore because like come on
1: yeah because like screw those guys yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so so le-
1: let's blow this out and let's talk about something you and I both love to talk about all the time so can we understand this fascination in the transgressive in the horrific in the... You know, basically, like, like, the unsympathetic, or maybe sympathetic, bad, protagonist, you know, whatever. Can we understand this in the context of the difficult men of prestige television?
0: Yeah. Right? I don't think that Longtooth is one of those, but yes, for sure. Yeah. Dexter it's, definitely is. No question. Yeah.
1: You know, right? Or, like, you know, a good example, or a, an example that is actually pretty, pretty aesthetically good at everything would be, like, you know, Tony Soprano, right? Everybody would love to, like, you know, beat up annoying people and be a be a mob mob boss but you know um we we you can always you you, you still have him there to acknowledge that he's a bad guy um i think we also like to say that maybe like there's always a bigger fish and so like whatever petty terrible things there are in your life there's possibly a bigger badder person who can take out the bad guys um i think that longtooth has a little bit of weird underdog energy in this too which is weird for a vampire who can like lift a man into a coffin one armed and like hi- hypnotize people and suck their blood. That we we see him cowering behind the couch and being uh, you know scared of things. Where like oh yeah no yeah, uh, he just weird he does because not come like come
0: off as like a, an apex predator. No
1: right, even though that is by definition what he is. Right, a vampire is is a thing that 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 predates. No, what that, but you know, like it is a human predator. (laughs) Yeah. So do you have, do you have an ambush? I don't. I have. So I think that we could also understand this using class-based analysis. If we accept that literal blood sucking, right. People like George went, um, represent an upper class. They represent the exploiters, right? he, tries to use his employees for sex, for money, for, pres- right, you know, all this kind of stuff. He threatens to fire everybody and then he doesn't and he then he tries to exploit the vampire, right? He is, so the bloodsuckers are the enemies. They are the upper class. They are the bourgeois. You have Donald, who is a class hero. He is a bloodsucker who wishes to forswear bloodsucking and use his powers and abilities to aid the workers and not engage in vampirism of the exploiters. He is the ultimate... Example of the good class trader. He is vampire Peter Kropotkin. He is the conquest of bread, made blood loving, <laughs> oh. which makes me wonder how he feels about mutual aid or the labor theory of value. I think we could really dig into this. <laughs> Donald Longtooth.
0: <laughs> Donald Longtooth. Are probably you a has, woke Bay.
1: Yeah, he would be great. Don, Donald Longtooth, Marxist vampire. <laughs> Although Kropotkin was more of a anarchist. Whatever. But you know what I'm saying. He would be he would fit right in. I love his Murphy bed coffin. That feels very that feels very like working class kind of, right? Like um he, and uh yeah.
0: He definitely has like I mean he definitely has a a blue collar job.
1: Right, yeah. Um And though I think probably being a security guard is not always the best, that's kind of a like security state. You know, his job is to push around other people and protect capital and stuff. He's he is gentle. Like, that I think that's more of the gentle thing, right? Like, we also love the idea of like cops who are nice. You you, you know what I mean? It's that sort of thing. He has a a very alpha alpha job, but is a a sweet boy,
0: a sweet boy vampire. Mm
1: hmm. I do think that this episode is missing a final scene. I feel like he should bite Sally. And then the next thing we see is her and Longtooth as like married vampires running the blood bank.
0: Yeah, that would be Like, funny. I think
1: we need it. We need we need the someplace green part of the story.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it's implied, but yes, like I think it would be nice. That would be a, that would be funny and it would fit with the theme And maybe you could also have something where it reveals that there are other vampires that are choosing to live this way that are now, like, taking advantage.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe it has, like, a
0: speakeasy vibe.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I just imagine living in some sort of weird vampire suburb and being like, you know, Hey, Bob, how's it going? Things down to the blood bank good? Come make your your withdrawal, you know?
0: (laughs) Totally. Um, Oh, man. Can you imagine how mad people would be? There's no... I don't I don't know how you feel when you give blood. When I give blood, I feel like I, like I'm I'm understanding what it would be like to like board a plane early as like a as a um military um, um officer. Yeah, sure, sure. Like Thank
1: you for your service. Yeah.
0: Right, like no, it's just like it's just like thank you for your like and they practically salute you on your way out the door. It's it's kind of too much. It's truly because too much.
1: Because that unit of human blood can sell for between 100 and 300. That's well, true.
0: I guess I would say someone if they you just gave me $300. you just wrote them a check for $300. Yeah. Well, mine mine is probably worth more because I'm O negative.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah.
0: I've got the I've got the real gold in my veins. That's right. I get regular. So, do other people get this? I get regular, like I would say at least once a week calls from like my local blood bank.
1: I know that my wife is uh, is O positive, so she's not quite as in demand but definitely she gets hit up you know every however often you can give blood was that like every 4 to 6 months or something they're like hey yeah well,
0: she probably actually does go and give the blood which is smart
1: well nice. she don- she donates at work you could nice. do your 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 office must do blood donation
0: they do they do
1: if you ever if we ever go back to the office if we're
0: ever going to be what's the wor- someone said this to me today i mean what kind of world do we go back to and i i was like i mean i know you're not like a socialist so what do you mean <laughs> like <laughs> you're not yeah. asking this question the way i think you are are you <laughs>
1: <laughs> no man like how's prom gonna work with social distance yeah i know you're well, not you like you can't
0: shake your hands date anymore yeah yeah, your yeah
1: dates I, I hand not yeah. yeah one has to hope we can get a little economic justice out of this something something should
0: i mean like, i'm no. mostly worried about the stock market
1: <laughs> the line needs to go up.
0: What is wrong? How are we to know that we're doing okay if the stock market's bad? Who cares who dies? That's um. right.
1: Just, just yeah. <laughs> Those young men need to stop being selfish and go back to work. That's right. Yep. But no, I thought this episode also, just notable, had the most fun Cryptkeeper bumpers I think I've seen. Me
0: too! I really enjoyed I, I, like them. Like the...
1: I, at the the beginning is great. I just love him practicing the emphasis, and I want to suck. I want to suck your blood. I want to suck your blood. Very <laughs> I
0: funny. Don't know why I thought I it was funny, that. but
1: I it was hilarious. The beautiful woman at the end, I was like, uh oh, it's gonna. We're not. This isn't gonna be good. But they. It it, it, it. it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Um, and something about leaving a mark. And you see that he that he bit her. It was great. We didn't have to have a real human interacting with the crypt keeper, which we know is always just the most the most poisonous thing yeah, i yeah, thought yeah. it was maybe a if not an all-time or definitely like a like a top shelf uh bumpers
0: yeah really good bumpers like the memorably good bumpers
1: yeah yeah it's great
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right what rating did you give this
1: i give this one five out of six twists of lime.
0: five out of six
1: wait do we do it out of five or out of six i was trying to look we do
0: it out of five who does it out of six well, eight's one of my favorite numbers. Let's do it out of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a five.
1: Come on. I thought about this. Come on. I was also doing this at three in the morning yesterday. Okay. I give it four out of five Twists of Lime.
0: Twists of Lime? Oh yeah. For his uh Yeah, for when his, his
1: with his <laughs> with his weird Craig. cocktail shaker, martini glass metal lunchbox. We didn't even talk about his pet rat Leopold. Oh my gosh, I love Leopold. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It gives us someone to kinda of like monologue to. It's this great. episode
0: is this episode is really good. I don't. I think I think that maybe I dinged it in my rating a little bit because it doesn't feel like Tales from the Crypt. So I'm sort of like, it's a little weird. I don't know. Like, it's not something I would be like, if you want to see a Tales from the Crypt episode, watch this one. Like, it's not that. Yeah, but sure. it's definitely way better than average. So I gave it a three, three 3.5 out of 5 vampiric dentures. I love when oh, yeah. he reaches out of his coffin.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, and he like, stands up, something like, oh, how I hate Mondays.
0: Yes. So good. Next time, we have a grim little story about a tortured artist who believes that sharing is caring and decides to spread a little misery around in easel kill ya. It's almost a pun. It almost works.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the platform of your choice. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you would like to do. Tell your friends and family. Tell my friends and family, be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt dash creepers to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts in the Outrageous Mechanisms family. Till next time, kitties. Donald was a gentle, bleeding heart vampire. A decoffinated bachelor, if you will. Ah! But sometimes, nice guys finish first and achieve great success. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Success.
1: cess Suck-cess.
0: Nice. <laughs> de <De-cuffinated>
1: bachelor.
0: <laughs> Basket-ball. <laughs> casket Outrageous.